What's going on, Fantasy Alarm Nation? My name is Justin Fedsterman, along with Matt Sells and Ryan Hallam, and this is another edition of the Family Times podcast, where your family is always with you. Guys, how's everything going? Oh, it's going pretty well. Um, you know, there's a lot going on here at FA. We got baseball mid mid swing here. We got the trade deadline just happened on Monday, so mammoth prospect report out now that took like literally a day and a half to write uh we got football stuff going on huge news in football that broke this evening we're recording this at 10 20 uh wednesday night um so yeah there's there's just a ton just a ton of stuff that keeps going on the nba is still going on for playoffs for some teams so um although the Bucks don't appear to be doing very well no right their offense no. is, is not fun not I gathered that from Adam Ronis's tweets. <laughs> right, right. But you know who is doing a lot better than the Milwaukee Bucks? It is our other co-host here, Ryan Hallam. <laughs> What's up, Hallam? How you doing? I'm doing better than the Milwaukee Bucks. They're in like the second round of the NBA playoffs. Yeah, their uh, offense I'm, doesn't think so. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, long day, busy day. Another one as we march closer to the NFL season, which means uh, a lot going on for all of us, like Matt said. Uh, just finished an auction draft, one of, I know, fancy your favorite things in the world to do. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm going to hang out with you guys for about an hour and have a few beers, have a few laughs, and have a good time. Oh, give me some of your buys. Oh, let's yeah. see. The, it was crazy. Running backs went for ridiculous amounts. Like, I, I couldn't even bring myself to – like, Austin Eckler went in the 60s, and I was like, this is, this is some big-ass – uh, Wait, is this is this a ten team league or a twelve team? No, fourteen. What? Anyone for sixty? It was insane. Everybody Please went tell me for it's at least a PPR. Uh, I honestly didn't look at the rules, but I think so. <laughs> what? I would hope so because if it's a standard league got... in Eckler is sixty bucks, and that's ridiculous. Sixty dollars the... for Eckler? Dude, everybody went crazy. It was I couldn't believe it. The what, running back. What, well, okay, now I'm interested here. I'm invested. What did McCaffrey right. go for? Yeah, that's the next question. Hold on, let me. I, I shut everything down. Okay, so let's I, okay well, while Ryan's while looking doing this it. up, disclaimer do not buy. I almost said Christian McCaffrey. Do not buy Austin Eckler for $60. No, do not that's do insane. I don't know that I would. I'm not going to go much over that for McCaffrey. Oh, you will. Oh, the, whole, the, whole, the whole night was. Unbelievable. Let's see if McCaffrey I can better have gone in the seventies. I think he did. Let's I mean, see. at Let's... that rate, yeah. Just what? What's the like... most sales you would spend on McCaffrey while Hallam's looking this up? McCaffrey sixty-eight. Sixty-eight. Wow. And 70, seventy-two for Barkley, seventy-three for Elliott, uh, fifty-five for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. What? 50, 53 for Michael Thomas. Fifty-eight for Derrick Henry. Fifty-six for Josh Jacobs. Sixty-five for Dalvin Cook. Wow. Like, I, yeah, I could not get my so I'm six, 62 my for Austin the, Eckler, 67 for Joe Mixon, 53 for Kenyon Drake. I, I I was shocked. Wait, you're telling me that Mixon went for one dollar less than McCaffrey did? Yeah, right. You said 67 for Mixon and 68 for McCaffrey. That's what I'm telling you. Oh, God, yeah, that's a, whoever got McCaffrey, by the way. Great as box. the third most expensive running back, that's a serious. You know what? It, you know what it is, and Helm. I don't know if you 
know this or not from the grid that you're looking at, but it makes me wonder, Cells, if McCaffrey was put out first, there was a little bit he of was. a hesitation. Yeah, hesitation, and then everyone's like, 68? What? Saquon! And then he goes over 70. I mean, That's... Barkley went, it was four, he Barkley went fourth, so it was only three guys later. But, yeah. Uh, the, Wait, the who came between, were... who came between McCaffrey and Barkley? Kamara for 53 and Edwards Hilaire for 55. So it's still running. So, yeah, it's still running backs. Okay, I'm going to take that steal on Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Are you ser- 15 bucks cheaper than, than I w- McCaffrey? I went, to, I went to 48 and bowed out. That's where I left the bidding on Kamara. If I had known where things were going, I would have kept going. But whew, So who, was, uh, who did you end up with? I ended up with uh, I had to go a little I had to go a little bargain shopping on the running backs uh, and the wide receivers. I mean, a lot of guys they went pretty well. The funny part was uh, I went for uh, I put up Lamar Jackson for nomination because you know, fancy we always talk on our things about putting up guys you weren't planning on getting, and I, we talked also about not paying up for quarterbacks. So Mahomes went for twenty four. So I'm like, all right, so I'm going to throw out Jackson. Let's get some more money out on the table. I put him out for 20. No one else has bid. So I ended up with Lamar Jackson for 20 bucks. Uh, you you put high. him too. No, because you know you why? You put him too high. Close to the sun. That's why. You burn that value. You should have put him out for like five bucks and yes, then let it. Ten. Put him out for the 10. The way everything was going. The way everything was going, I thought uh, I was. Went, you money. flew too close to the sun. Yeah. Now. yeah. Yeah, you're definitely Icarus in this oh, scenario. No, but you know what? How I'm, I'm glad this happened in a way because I realized that in all of my auction teachings, I haven't gone over that strategy. <laughs> so it's one of those things where from now on, when you're looking to see what a standard is, don't just go $5 cheaper. I thought Lamar would go for at least as much as Mahomes. Uh, I thought $5 is, is so what good, you got, but... Well, Lamar, did that sink your world, or were you able to kind of, you know, figure no, I was, out? I was pretty, I, you know, I really waited just because the prices were so crazy. So my two main running backs I ended up with, I ended up with Todd Gurley. Let's hope the knee is okay. I got him for 35 bucks, which the way everything else was going was, was kind of cheap. I ended up with Raheem Mostert for 33 which was more than I wanted to spend, but the running back was getting very, very thin very, very fast. Uh, and then I went with a couple of receivers. I have Cortland Sutton I got for 23 the guy I really like. Uh, and I got uh, Devin Singletary for 15 bucks. I got Robert Woods for 25 bucks. I got Marvin Jones for nine bucks. Uh, I got Mike Kosicki for three bucks. So I, I, nice. I think I did. Yeah, I did. I got J.K. Dobbins for nine. So I went some okay. some bargain shopping a little bit after that. I think I filled up my team pretty decent. And Leonard Fournette for what? Eleven. Eleven. And Ronald okay. Jones went for fifteen just a few minutes before the news broke. Okay, so let's let's. Spotlight this for a second. At this point, Hal, I do not like your running backs. You're reading them off, and I'm just kind of like, oi, Gavolt, what did this guy do? Well, you also still have nightmares about Devin Singletary from two weeks ago. It's not Devin Singletary. It's the the first two. But then (laughs) the Fournette buy at $11, that just saved your ass with this run game that you drafted. Well, here's what I'll say. If Gurley is healthy, I think he's going to be very good because Atlanta has no one else, let's face it, to give the ball to. So if he can hold up, I think uh, that Gurley will be very – will he hold up? I don't have a lot of confidence. I'm not going to lie. But I wasn't going to spend $65 on Austin Eckler, so this is where I found myself. 
you know, I found myself being able to, you know, roster some pretty decent running back. I'm sorry, wide receivers and good, you know, better lower end running backs than, you know, spending an ungodly amount on guys that I just didn't have confidence in. I think James Conner went for close to 60. Like I could, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Man. So, wow. And you got, you know, I like the Dobbins buy too. Everything you're reading out of Baltimore says that he's going to have his own role in this offense. I'll tell you this. It scares me a little bit with the Mark Ingram factor, even though I think it doesn't, it doesn't scare me with Mark Ingram. It just, that there's, that Mark Ingram had 1,200 yards last year. Uh, Lamar Jackson had 1,000 yards. And Gus Edwards had 700 yards. So there's a role for Dobbins and Jackson and Mark Ingram. They're the best running offense in the league. They're not going to change that because, let's face it, their wide receiving core didn't get any better. And they lost Hayden Hurst, uh, which I know they didn't really use that much, but they still love to run two tight end sets. So I'm not... I mean, I think Gus Edwards should be in trouble. So if you had interest in him, there goes your J.K. Dobbins shares. But I'm not concerned with Mark Mark Ingram at all. When would you draft Ingram? Would you draft him in the fourth round? Depends on, like, if it's a 14-teamer, then yeah, probably. Because 12-teamer as your second running back draft. I'd go in the fifth round. You're not getting it. My concern with Ingram is he is getting to 30 years old. Uh, you know, he, he doesn't get quite the opportunities. I don't think he'll get as many carries this year, uh, obviously with Dobbins. And and I don't think Edwards is going to be completely shot. And where does Justice Hill fit into this picture? Uh, but Hill uh, but not going to make on the field. But I do. I, I went with Dobbins at that price basically for the same reason Fenty just broke up, uh, brought up. You're hearing a lot of things out of Baltimore that that Dobbins is really uh, kind of making a name for himself. And with no preseason, it's impossible to tell. Uh, that se- this seemed like less coach speak to me than other coach speak out there. So maybe I fell for it too. I don't know. We'll find out. But uh, I thought you know getting the running back at this point with a chance of a role for under ten dollars in this in this draft was uh, like DeAndre Swift went for sixteen. So for me to get Dobbins for nine, I was pretty happy. No, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not poo-pooing Dobbins. If yes, if you Dobbins, are. No, I'm saying that if Dobbins poo-pooer. If Dobbins comes in and takes the role that Gus Edwards had, then you get a 700 yard running back with some catches and some touchdowns for nine bucks. That's perfectly fine. But what I'm poo-pooing is I don't think it's going to affect Mark Ingram that much because just the sheer volume that they run the ball and if they're up big on teams which let's face it they probably will be they're just going to run the clock out which means more run volume by the way ryan oh no i was just go for it ryan and then i'll and then i'll tell you what oh, no, I, was just, I was agreeing with matt ryan by the way welcome to the devin singletary boat ride <laughs> i just became a passenger i didn't plan on becoming a passenger but then I became a passenger out of a little bit of paranoia. And how you feeling? Yeah, you, you, this you panicked me. Be? Is it going to be Splash Mountain? Is it going to be a nice little boat cruise? What do you think it's going to be with this guy? Because I still have a bad taste in my mouth. And this was like two weeks ago. I have problems. You know, I think he's being vastly underrated right now. I mean, he didn't have a fantastic rookie year. But he had a, a decent rookie year. I think Buffalo's offense will improve. And I think this Zach Moss love on Twitter, I, I've yet to figure quite out. 
uh, why it's, it's as rampant as it is, uh, why this rookie running back is going to have such an impact over other rookie running backs. Uh, when Singletary was already there, I, I don't think did anything really overly bad to, to cost himself a lot of carries. Uh, Buffalo loves to run the ball. I, I think they're going to r- pass a little bit more with Stefan Diggs in the mix. But I think Singletary is, is going to be fine. He pass, he catches passes out of the backfield. Uh, I, I'm not sure why he has fallen as far down as he has. The biggest concern for Singletary is Josh Allen stealing carries in the in the red zone because Josh Allen had a bunch of rushing touchdowns last year. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm with you, Hallam. I don't understand the Zach Moss love. Um I mean, if he was that highly regarded, maybe he should have gone in front of some other guys that were drafted ahead of him. Like, you know, people talk like he was a first round pick. Right. He's not. He was picked where he was for a reason. So and now we have to pay starters price for him. I've seen him creep up to the eighth round. You know what it is? I think people want more shares of Devin Singletary and they know the way to get his price down is to pump up Zach Moss because then Devin Singletary stock falls. So his ADP falls, and then I just honestly guys... think people just read headlines and don't go well. That's true. To it. But yeah, I don't get the I I don't get the love for Zach Moss. I mean, I'm sure he'll spell Devin Singletary, oh, yeah. but I mean Singletary had pretty solid rookie year, all things considered. He um, can run. He can pound the yardage. Yeah, I mean they they took him reasonably high too, and they were in love with him when they when they took him. Uh, so I don't know what changed in basically a year. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Hallam, you got Leonard Fournette at an incredible price. I was in a draft with a bunch of my cousins, and my cousin, as soon as the news came out, he was on the clock, boom, made that pick, and it, he was in the 10th round. So with his already strong run game, he now adds Leonard Fournette who is now with the Bucks? so it's just unbelievable. Guys, what does this do to Ronald Jones? Does he Crushes still have a role on this team? Because it, it seemed like from what I read maybe a couple weeks ago that Arians kind of liked him. Uh, it's hard to read Bruce Arians to begin with. Um, he's kind of always been a guy that says one thing and then his teams kind of do another. Um, I don't know. I think Ronald Jones had a pretty decent year last year. I mean, the fact that Leonard Fournette caught more than twice as many passes as Ronald Jones kind of doesn't help Ronald Jones. Um, and, you know, I would, before we started recording this, I was in Fantasy Alarm NFL chat and everybody was going, well, Ronald Jones is there and um, Leonard Fournette is on a, like, prove it or re- release you contract and they also have Keyshawn Vaughn and they also have LaShawn McCoy. And I'm like, no, they don't have LaShawn McCoy. Because he's never going to see the field unless the other three people are injured. Uh, Tom Brady doesn't like rookie running back, so Keyshawn Vaughn is basically out. Um, I think, and and John and Pemba, who watched Tom Brady, you know, play basically every single weekend as a Patriots fan for twenty years, uh, thinks that Leonard Fournette could be like a uh, Legarrette Blunt for for Brady, and just. Takes the ball. He's a big body dude. He's going to get the short yardage goal line carries. He can catch passes. Will he be as productive as Blunt? I don't think so. But I think it's I think it's Fournette's job to lose. Uh Fancy, we talked a little bit about Fournette on Monday, and 
I think we talked about Tampa Bay a little bit, and I think I said then that Ronald Jones kind of sucks. Uh, yes. I think he's crushed. I think he's going to have under 500 yards now. Uh, he could barely differentiate himself from Peyton Barber uh, over the years, who is now barely holding on on a Washington football team roster that isn't any good, uh, that just lost their starting running back. He might get a role now. Uh, and Fournette, again, like Matt said, he's going to be out to prove it. He's going to want a real contract. Uh, and he's going to come in, and he's good. I, I, he's injury-prone, sure. Uh, he's had problems with injuries his whole career, but he's a really good running back. He had a fantastic year last year. He was targeted 100 times. Uh, I think he fits in perfectly with this offense. I, I think he's going to shine. Uh, it's just a matter of how much they actually do give the ball to, to Ronald Jones. Like Matt said, I completely agree. Uh, and then before the signing, I was doing the, the projections the other day, and I'm like, Jesus, I can't have Ronald Jones too high because I really don't believe in him. So I was giving yards to LaShawn McCoy, which I didn't really believe in because I don't think LaShawn McCoy has – I mean, he was a healthy scratch for the Super Bowl, for Christ's sake. Uh, oh, for the last had, few they, weeks of the season? Yeah, they had no one else to give it to. So I had LaShawn McCoy actually having somewhat of a role. So I was actually enjoying today taking all of that production back away from him as I was handing most of it all to Leonard Fournette and then continued to hand Ronald Jones' role off to him as well. Uh, I think Fournette's got a shot for 1,000 yards. I think my initial projection was around 800, uh, but I'll probably still adjust that up some. Uh, I think Fournette, if he doesn't you know, have a huge portion of the job right away, he's going to take it over pretty soon. He's actually a quality NFL running back, uh, while Ronald Jones, to me, is not. So let's talk draft stock then, guys. Leonard Fournette was going range-wise – between in 12 team leagues, let's just say half point PPR, he was going in the middle of the second round. He was going between that and I heard early third round from some. I've only seen him going in the second round, whether it's the middle or at the very end. So now with him in Tampa, what does this do to his draft stock? Where does he fit with this already crazy running back scramble that we've all embarked on? I, I don't see him dropping very much. I mean, if he's coming in and you can pretty well assume he's going to be the starter, maybe not from week one because, let's face it, he does kind of have to learn a little bit of the lingo uh, and get, you know, into the building and, and whatnot. But, you know, last year the only deficiency he had was touchdowns. He only had three touchdowns, but Jacksonville's offense was terrible. He had 1,152 yards rushing he averaged 4.3 yards per carry which by the way outdid ronald jones um and 76 catches for like 500 something yards so he can be that dump off guy that brady loves so much and james white um he can be the short yardage guy so yeah i i don't see why his stock should really take a hit especially with all of the turmoil in the second round running back group um you know, with all the, the injuries, you've now got Kenyon Drake is injured. People are waffling on Nick Chubb, how much Kareem Hunt is going to steal stuff from him. I don't know. I, and I don't get that. I, I don't get it either. I just don't get it. I, I know. I mean, what's why are people poking the bear? Why are people just looking to attack Nick Chubb with that? Why aren't more people going after you're, – you're worried about Kareem Hunt's impact. Well – some of the things we've all been reading is that he's going to be lined up as a receiver. So why aren't people going after Odell Beckham Jr.? I don't well, understand it. I think it has to do with the fact that 
in the first half of the year, Nick Chubb was easily the best running back in Cleveland because he was basically their only running back. And then when Kareem Hunt finished serving the eight-game suspension, he was their number one scoring running back every single week, but I think one in the second half in PPR leagues. But that's because he catches the ball. It's not from running yards. If you looked at how they actually gave the ball, Nick Chubb was getting the rushing attempts. He got, I think, three straight carries in the goal line that just didn't convert at one point. Um, so, yeah, I think there's question marks all over the second-round running backs with, you know, James Conner now kind of. I don't know. People are waffling on him for some reason. I, Chris I Carson. I disagree. I think the opposite. I think people, and including me, and I know including Ronas too. Oh, me too, to, but. I think people have moved him up because they, they went, oh, my God, look at this really crappy second tier of running backs. Let's at least see what we can find. Okay, James Conner hurt last year, but pretty damn good running back. I think people are starting to separate him out from some of the other crap that you have, like Le'Veon Bell. Oh, yeah. why, why are people still drafting Le'Veon Bell? I have That's no idea. Everyone's got a price. Everyone's got a price. And so if you're telling me if I'm sitting there in my auction and Le'Veon Bell's on the table and he's like 10, 12 bucks, nope. why not take the shot at that point? Because his coach doesn't even want him. His coach hasn't wanted him for two years. Nope. That's and true. now says Frank Gore and Kalen Balaj are going to take his carries. Oh, no. Kalen Balaj had to go back. He failed. He had to go back. Oh, right. He did. He failed the physical. But he's still in love with, with, with Frank Gore. I know. Yeah, he is. And then the Frank Jets, Gore, I think did you see the Jets tweet out a video of, of Le'Veon Bell catching uh, like a wheel route in a goal line scenario? The other day, you were like, we love the look of this. And I'm just going, boy, are you subtweeting your coach or what What are you doing right now? <laughs> I, I, I actually think Fournette is going to kind of go at a little bit of a discount this weekend. I still think people are a little sour on him. Uh, I think, still think people have a little faith in Ronald Jones for God knows what reason. I think you're going to be able to get him third round, maybe late third round. Wow. Uh, just because. I, I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. That's just my you know, feeling. You know, I, I actually think you could be right on this, Ryan, and that's because I think that the part of the audience that wanted Leonard Fournette, the Jacksonville's going to run him into the ground. They declined his fifth-year option, so they have nothing to lose. They're just going to give him every single carry, and that's it. I think that audience takes a hit with Leonard Fournette's interests. Yeah, and I was one of those people uh, that I thought was they were going to run him into the ground. And I and but I think a lot of other people were seeing the relationship in Jacksonville and were kind of discounting him. And I think that those are not going to raise him up in this scenario. And I think that they should. I I really do think he's going to have a, a stranglehold on this job real fast. Don't freak out in week one if he only has like eleven carries. It's freaking. Seven days before the season starts. Oh, especially if you drafted him tonight or yeah. even last yeah. or even last night. You have no reason to complain. How you just got him for what? Twelve? My cousin Corey got him for in the tenth round. No reason to complain if he doesn't start off strong. That's n no. You have no ground. Also, Gurley didn't start off strong last year, and look at what his final total was. He had what fourteen combined touchdowns or something last 16, year? Sixteen. Yeah. Sixteen, yeah. It was yeah. I mean, he put up a, a solid year. They they managed him in the beginning of the year. So it could be I mean obviously different circumstances because Fournette doesn't have a degenerative knee condition, but uh you know it could be the similar result. Let's 
let's play a little game, guys. Here's what we're going to do. And I was going to do this with Howard on Fantasy Alarm Sports Talk, but then we started talking about why drafting from the middle <laughs> spots is just so gosh darn awful. So instead, let's play a little game, guys. We're going to go through the running backs that are essentially being drafted, let's just say, in the first three or four rounds. We don't have to go into hardcore analysis. I'm just going to name a running back, and if you have a problem with this running back, you just speak out, speak up, and let me know if you're dropping them, how far you would drop them. Let's set the parameters at 12-team, half-point PPR, two running backs, three wide receivers. Is that all right? Yep. Let's do it. Okay. Let's start. So we're not we're not even going to talk about McCaffrey, Barkley, and Zeke. So let's start with Dalvin Cook. Four. Does anyone have a problem with Dalvin Cook? No. No, I mean, he's had injury problems, but I don't have any problem with him. I'm definitely drafting him four. If, if, no if contract. No, no. no. Okay. He never left the facility. Right. Right. So. That's fair. So, all right, then let's move on then. Let's go to Alvin Kamara. No problem. Zero concern. Okay. Let's move on. I don't have a concern with him either. Let's go with Joe Mixon. No more concerns, right? Contract taken care of? I yeah. still think he's overrated, in my own opinion. Uh, he didn't have a touchdown until like week 10 last year. Uh, I know that they're hoping the offense is going to be better this year, but with a rookie quarterback, I mean, I, I think at six is not someplace that I draft him. Uh, people are, are just thinking he's going to have this incredible year that he's never even had before. So while I think he's a decent running back, I think he's vastly overrated this year. I drafted him at nine. What do you think about I'm okay, that? I'm okay with that. I mean, I still think that's maybe a yeah. spot or two more than where I would, but I'm okay with nine. Yeah, I'm with Hallam. I, I would take him more towards the end of the first round. Um, right. Because... I mean, while theoretically A.J. Green is back and that should take some pressure off of guys being in the box to stop the running game, you do have a rookie quarterback with no actual live game experience in the NFL until week one. Um, You know, you still have some question marks with A.J. Green. There's still a little bit of question marks on the offensive line. So, yeah, I would – I mean, he's still a first-round running back, but I'm taking him late first round. All right, then let's move on to Miles Sanders. So, little hamstring issue. So you, so you have an issue with him. I, I don't like Miles Sanders. Tell I us don't. what are your issues. Well, a he's already injured, like you stated. B the Eagles keep losing offensive linemen like nobody's business. They brought Jason Peters back to help solidify the the line, but now he wants more money because they're asking him to play left tackle. So who knows what's going on there? Doug Peterson doesn't ever go with just one running back. They use a committee every single year he's That's been there. They've had they've had crap. They running. had Jordan Howard, which everybody at FA is in love with this year, and who did solidly in a committee last year, but he was still in a committee. Um I just don't I'm just I mean, is he a second round running back? Sure, I'll take him in the second round, but he's not anywhere close to a first round running back for me. Not anywhere close. Uh, I like him at the end of the first. I like him better in the beginning of the second. I have a, few, a little fewer concerns than Matt. Uh, I, I think he is going to get the lion's shares of carries. He's an explosive player. He's also a great pass catcher out of the backfield. Uh, yeah, the offensive line is an issue. Uh, the fact that the they have basically no wide receivers left is somewhat of an issue. 
Uh, I don't have a problem with him in the 11-12 or in the first half of the first part of the second round. I'm with you there as well. I was fine before the injury because, like I tried to just argue with Sells, even though they do have Jordan Howard, they weren't expecting to get what they got out of Jordan Howard. And besides Jordan Howard, they had a bunch of crap running backs in the last, what, five, six years or so. Yeah, but, I mean, Boston Scott is still is still there. He's going to get some load, too. I mean. We'll see about that. He's okay. I mean, he's, he's Doug, no, no, I mean, he's he's, I think he's getting a lot of carries. Yeah, but Doug Peterson has been giving carries to guys who aren't great for, like, four or five years at this point. So the talent isn't isn't the question mark. It's the coaching system. Yes. You're going to see him get more carries. I feel it. Josh Jacobs. Love him. Yep. He's, he's, I like him at six, seven. I, I think he's being a little underdrafted, to be honest. Yeah, because people have concerns with lack of activity in the passing game. Now, if you ask him, he wants to catch 60 passes. But my goal for him this year would be in 35. I'd be cool with that. Okay, but here's my question. Didn't Derek Carr have trouble with the passing game last year? Yes. <laughs> so that's going to lead to a running back having problems with the with the receiving game if the quarterback's what if up. What if, what if they're losing every game by double-digit touchdowns? I mean, you know, just keep hurling it to Henry Ruggs, hoping he's going to catch a sixty-yard bomb. I guess I don't know, but right. no, I have, I have, I love Josh Jacobs. He gets a tremendous amount of volume. I think his passing game accolades are going to come more this year than they would have last year. I have no problem with him. Then let's move on to someone else who gets fed a lot, and that's Derrick Henry. Yep, love zero him. issues. Yep, zero issues with Derrick Henry. All right, let's move on to. To actually, before Austin Eckler, Kenyon Drake, uh, walking boot. <laughs> yes, I mean it. Uh, I, I it seems to be precautionary. I'm not really too worried about it. He is somebody that I really do like. Uh, I've drafted him a lot this year. I think he's going to be okay. I think he's going to carry the load completely, which he did as soon as he came to Arizona. Uh, I, I like Drake. I'm not too worried about the the walking boot. I think he's going to be okay. Uh, like I said, running, pass catching. I think Arizona's offense will be a little bit better this year, so I, I like him a lot. Yeah, I mean, he did he did get there, and like three days later was the lead running back the first week <laughs> after the trade. Um, there is a little bit of concern as to how precautionary the walking boot is, and also Cliff Kingsbury seems to really like Chase Edmonds. Yes. Um, so there's a touch of concern, but, I mean, I'd be targeting him – Again, late first, early second, I wouldn't necessarily have a problem. If he falls any farther, then I'm definitely grabbing Kenyon Drake. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. This guy's got the most amount of helium in the draft, I think. Yes. I mean. Uh, I don't want to give away my week one game previews, which I've already started, uh, but uh, he, uh, he apparently has the ability to do many things, according to the Twitter universe, include – uh, you know, cure world hunger and can figure out the Middle East situation. Uh, I think what did Pemba have take to do him? With your game preview. <laughs> uh, just you just have to read it. Uh, what did Pemba take him like fourth overall or sixth overall in our staff mock? Uh, he, he I, I'm on board now that Damian Williams uh, opted out. I still think he's a little touch overrated. I like him in the seven, eight, nine range. And even that I think is pushing a little bit, but I know that's where you have to get him. Uh, I, I think the hype train is just, it just took a rocket ship out of the, out of the gate. Uh, I, I think he's real. I, 
he's setting everyone up to be disappointed. I don't know if he will or not, but man, people are putting an awful lot of stock in this kid. Yeah, I mean, you're drafting him at sixth overall, and then when he only shows up as like a high-end RB2, people are going to throw an absolute fit. Um, I mean, is is the hype started on draft night when Patrick Mahomes tweeted he was the one player I wanted in the draft. Uh, your Super Bowl winning all-world MVP hey, quarterback. Hey, we don't need to talk about the Super Bowl, man. We don't need to talk about the Super Bowl. <laughs> went and said, yeah, this is the one college kid I wanted to fix our offense. Um, and then Andy Reid comped him to Brian Westbrook, except better. Um, I mean, that's a hype train. I just don't – you're going to have to take him there, but I don't know that he's worth that draft spot. And that's the thing. I'm not one of those people that's like finding a reason to hate on every running back. And because of that, there are just enough guys that I like that I've seen that are established that I'd rather go with than go with Clyde Edwards Hilaire. That's that's pretty much my rationale behind it. Completely. I have drafted him. I've drafted him nowhere. Yeah, I have zero shares. Let's talk about one more running back before we get to the idiot of the week. Let's talk about Aaron Jones. What's your interest level in him? Because I kind of thought he'd start to really slip, and he really hasn't. I've been seeing him go kind of like where I've been seeing Leonard Fournette go, except even a little bit earlier. He's still going in early to mid-second round, end of second round. I haven't really seen him slip to the third too much. So clearly there's touchdown regression coming because he had 19 touchdowns last year. That's not going to happen again this year. Um but here's the thing with that. If he gets his yardage and he gets some of the passes that he was catching last year, and let's say he has 14 touchdowns, he's still an RB1. I mean, so right. that's the argument is, yes, there's touchdown regression coming, but it's not like he had 10 and you're expecting four. He had 19, and if it regresses to 13 or 14, he's still an RB1. So I think that's the thought process with Jones. And also, there's I, nobody behind him that's going to take. It's, I mean, AJ Dillon, yeah, a little bit, but again, and Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams is not going to take his carries. He didn't last year. He's not going to this year. I don't know. I really want to like him, uh, but I just a lot of doubt has creeped in my head with with Jamal. I'm sorry, not Jamal Adams. Aaron Jones. Uh, I have drafted him. I've drafted him several times. Uh, he was great last year. Uh, like Matt said, obviously he's not going to score 19 touchdowns again. I think that the Packers are due to run more this year because they did nothing to get Aaron Rodgers any more weapons except for Devin Funches, and then, oh, yeah, he opted out. Uh, so clearly they have to run the ball because I don't know how much they can throw the ball outside of Devontae Adams and, and maybe Alan Lazard. Uh, but it just feels like – I don't know. It feels like a down season coming to, for him, for me, and I, I'm not really sure why. I don't know if it's just that that people are so down on them and it's kind of worn off on me a little bit, or it just feels like it's not going to be as good. I, I, I don't know. In my head, I'm feeling like it's not going to be like it was last year, and I don't like that feeling, but I can't shake it. So, uh, I think he's fine at the end of the second round, uh, but I, I'm a little worried. It's, it's like a, it's like a sixth sense, and I'm not sure what it is. It could just be, you know, that I want a hamburger, and it's just something messing huh. with me. I'm not sure, but I don't know. I don't feel great about him 
right now. Yeah, neither do I. I just, again, there's too much uncertainty. And I said if he would drop to the third round, I'd be more inclined. However, it just hasn't happened yet, and I haven't seen him. And because of that, it's one of those situations where I don't want him as my first running back. And so no. wait for the third round for what I generally do. By that time, for the most part, I'll at least have one. So that's kind of how I see it with Aaron Jones. So he hasn't gone to the third round, so I haven't really been that interested. Okay. So, Would you rather have Aaron Jones or Chris Carson? I'd go Chris I'd rather Carson. Have Chris- I'd rather have Chris Carson. Chris Carson. See, I'd go the other way. Because Why is that? Chris Carson has a fumbling problem. He almost lost the job last year, and now there's an even better back between him and Penny. Eh. Eh. And Carlos Hyde sucks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, he's always had a fumbling problem, though, and they never take him out for it. So I feel like that's... Carroll's very forgiving man. I mean, he, he fumbles and fumbles, and they keep giving him the ball because the guy's productive. So... Uh, it feels like, yes, I understand he has a fumbling problem, but I feel like they don't hold it against him in Seattle for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, except for the fact that fumbles cost you points in fantasy football. So Yeah, um, well, that's fair. You know, and, and Penny came on last year and was, was pretty decent uh, running back. Let's not forget they did spend a first-round pick on that guy a few years ago. So I would probably lean Jones in that one. Um the the depth in the Seattle backfield for me has me a little bit off of Chris Carson. Fair enough. Man, I just you know what I still am a believer in him. I haven't gotten a chance to draft Chris Carson. He was my guy last year, and then the fumbling issue started. Yeah, to see, I had him last year too. And yeah, no, fumbling. but that's the thing you can't hold grudges. He's on my least grudges. favorite. He's on my least favorite team, and I draft him all the time. <laughs> I yes. don't hold grudges. I look at it realistically. The Penny wasn't ready to take over the lead back spot last year, so the fumbling issue wasn't a problem. Now they have Carlos Hyde and Rashad Penny, who could probably take over the lead back if need be. So that's that's my concern with Carson now. It wasn't last year, but it is now. Well, Penny's going to miss a good chunk of this season, but I think he's, he's, he's due to. <laughs> but, guys, I mean, let's – Talk about the idiot of the week, and it's not Matt Sells, so do not think it is you, Sells. Because, hey, look, we all have different opinions. We're all in on different people, and some some of them are going to hit. Some of them aren't going to hit. That's just how it's going to work. Idiot of the week, guys. This is a very fun segment that we do. Sometimes we forget, and then I feel like the idiot of the week. So, Matt Sells, who's your idiot of the week to start? Uh, my idiot of the week has got to be solidified now with the Jacksonville Jaguars who apparently loved to draft first-round talent and then immediately traded away within, like, three years. Um, it's just insane how much first-round talent they've gotten rid of in the last few years between Jalen Ramsey, Minka uh, Sorry, Minka Fitzpatrick was on the Dolphins. But Jalen Ramsey, um, you've had Leonard Fournette now, Allen Robinson was gone, um, their defensive stud... Uh, who went to the Vikings? Uh, it's just it's just mind-boggling to me how you can draft these guys and then not get them to stay. Like it's just not a good look. So uh, they're my idiot of the week. Also, they apparently couldn't get any trade value for Leonard Fournette, like none, over the last like seven months. How do you not even get a sixth-round pick 
for him. Um, I mean, hell, the Dolphins got a conditional pick for Kalen Balage before he <laughs> failed his physical. <laughs> that was uh, for Adam Gase. I guess, but <laughs> yeah, so they're, they're my idiots of the week. I do what? have one fancy after all. What do you got, Hallam? This is big. I, I'm going to go with Jerry Jones, and here's why. Not only does he want to fill his stadium to full capacity, apparently he was interviewed the other day, and they asked if tailgating and things were going to be around, and he said, you know Dr. Jerry is going to be there with the gloves keeping everybody safe which made me wonder and tweet, is he giving prostate exams during the tailgating? I'm not sure what Dr. Jerry with the glove means, but apparently he doesn't give a damn about the pandemic that we've been going through since freaking March or February. Uh, Dr. Jerry wants everything to go back to normal, and for that, he is my idiot of the week. <laughs> That's just a disturbing comment. I don't know that I'm right? going to get that visual out of my... Like just envision like the hamburger helper glove on Doctor uh, on Jerry Jones. Like that's just a <laughs> not a pleasant it's like, visual. It's like every creepy guy and every like thing would snap oh. in the glove. Is, and now yeah, you know how he paid you. for the yacht. So. Wow, that's that's just amazing. Back alley prostate exams. <laughs> yeah, what when are you supposed to get one of those when you're forty? Right, well, unless you're high. Yeah. Fifty. I haven't gotten one yet. Yeah, okay, so fifty. I think they call an oscopy is forty. That's right. Good call. Unless you're I, guess I, I guess I better do that too. Though. Yes. Yes. My okay. Here's my idiot of the week, guys. My idiot of the week is to anybody who doesn't do their homework properly when it comes to retweeting information. And we get a lot of information in our industry. We especially every piece of news we branch out and we look at what we've just done for about the last 40 minutes. So that's what every piece of news brings to our industry. However, there's a difference between being the first to react and retweet a report that you think is actually valid versus accuracy. I'd rather have someone give a nice, well thought out response and a retweet sourced properly than somebody who's just trying to be first retweeting a fake Adam Schefter account that the Bears claimed Leonard Fournette and retweeting it. And then further than that, saying, you've been saying all along that Leonard Fournette this and that and giving yourself some props while retweeting the not real Adam Schefter account and the bogus report. That happened with multiple people, and I see this stuff, and I just shake my head. Because, guys, for those that have done it in our industry, idiots of the week, you have to read more than the headline. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I also like the speculative tweets. Like, remember when David Montgomery went down a week or so ago? Everyone had his career over. His ACL was torn. He was done for the season in about 30 seconds. Now he's going to miss like three weeks. Why don't we wait until, you know, we actually hear from somebody and before we start speculating. Raheem Mostert requested a trade in the middle of a, you know, contract negotiations with the 49ers. They were like, well, where is he going to land now? Like, let's, let's let news break yeah. sometimes before we start. What about Alfie Camara? Yeah, Camara apparently yeah, requested thing. a trade uh, yesterday, and now today he's close to a – an agreement with the, with the Saints. Um, yeah. yeah, that's 
it's not March. We're not in a shortage for news anymore. I understood when when quarantine hit and we just needed something to talk about. That we, but everything is freaking going right now. We don't need to make stuff up anymore. Let's let things play out before we start talking about it a little bit. But that just doesn't fit the news cycle, there, Ryan. You know. That is true, sir. Nothing fits this news cycle. Look at what we've gone through in the last week. It's been crazy. And that's why, guys, we're going to get a little reprieve from the crazy news cycle. And let's talk about our alarming seven of the week. The alarming seven of the week. And this one's inspired by Mr. Hallam, actually. Favorite sports movie characters. We, we've ventured into the favorite sports movie realm, but we haven't talked about specific characters. So, guys, this is going to be a very fun event, and I'm stealing the number one, the <laughs> number one overall sports movie character. And at least, Helm, because I'm going to be specific because you're the bracket man, the number one sports movie villain of all time, Shooter McGavin, the <laughs> one seed. <laughs> shooter. Come on, guys. He How awesome pieces, is Shooter McGavin? He eats pieces of shit for breakfast. That's right. <laughs> Can I say oh. that on the show? <laughs> it just did, Hallam. Well, you're quoting a movie, so, you know. It, oh, good. Um, yeah, Shooter is, a, is an awesome character. He's really funny. Obviously, Happy has a lot of good lines against him. Uh, so yeah, that, that one's really hard to argue with. Just awesome. Yeah, it, that one's tough to that one's tough to go against. Um, I will go with one that's. Let's just put it this way: it's a lot more serious of a role that was played. But I'm going to go with uh, Jackie Robinson from Forty Two, ah, nice. played by Very Chadwick nice. Boseman. Um, just a phenomenal performance of that role. Um, yeah, it's a little sentimental now because obviously we lost him uh, in the past week. Um, but yeah, that that's just a phenomenal job of portraying a living, uh, a living being. And he also did a really good job. A bonus one was Floyd Little in the Express. Um, that was also a nice one too. Nice, nice. I uh, man, I hate to take that one and go back to comedy after such a nice uh, Rest choice in peace. there, Matt. Yes, absolutely, Chadwick. Uh, uh, but I am <laughs> I am going to go back to comedy because it doesn't matter where I go after that; it's going to be inappropriate. So let's go to the, one of the other great uh, sports movie villains, uh, and that's going to be Ernie McCracken or Big Earn from Kingpin. Uh, Bill Murray plays an awesome <laughs> character. If you haven't seen the bowling movie, freaking hilarious. He puts sugar in Roy Munson's. Uh, gas tank he gets his hand cut off uh, he has got the big hair in the last scene with the rose uh bowling ball uh big urn is one up, right up there for me big urn mccracken very good very good i can't argue with that one definitely a big time heel too so kind of <laughs> like shooter mcgavin so i like i like where your head's at guys this is where, you know, sometimes during these, you know, I got to ask my specificity questions. So is the Karate Kid considered a yeah. sports movie? Yes. yes I is a sport. have to go with Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi, probably, if I, this might be a hot take, best coach or mentor from any sports movies? 
Yes, better than Chubbs. Chubbs lost a hand, though, man. Okay, so Miyagi defended Daniel LaRusso by beating up five Cobra Kais, including the two-time All-Valley Karate Champion in Johnny Lawrence. And he has one of the great movie lines of all time, which is, wax on, wax off. Oh, like, I who doesn't know go, that? I thought you were going to go when um, Daniel LaRusso asked him, oh, what kind of belt you got? Oh, J.C. Penny, 398. <laughs> <laughs> that is good also. Good also. <laughs> Uh, man, I love Mr. Miyagi for all the reasons. Just an excellent trainer. Teaches karate. It's not. It's the art of self defense. Keyword defense. So every time hey. when stupid Daniel's like, learn, learn, learn how to punch. He's like, you know, you gotta learn balance. Balance makes a good fighter. Then you learn punch as like a last lesson. Wait, and he can catch flies with chopsticks. Now, that if that doesn't make him the 101, I don't know what does. No, Daniel LaRusso can. Miyagi kept missing. Yeah, oh, Miyagi, no, no. Got, yeah, oh, Miyagi got super pissed. Yeah, he did get pissed. <laughs> and he said he it was beginner's luck. And out. You beginner's luck. Yep. Yep. I haven't seen it in a while. Damn it. Yeah, I can, All right. I can quote Go ahead, Sal. Uh, my number two is going to switch. Uh, about 180 degrees for my first one, and I'm gonna go with Bill Murray and Caddyshack. That's a good one. Uh, yes. Just that was supposed to be a non-talking role, and he just showed up and took it over. So I'm gonna go with Bill Murray and Caddyshack, and uh, his pursuit of trying to blow up a gopher <laughs> with C4, and also growing a putting green. You can also smoke like. <laughs> that, that's just a brilliant maneuver there. <laughs> I will say also, and if Rick Wolf listens to this podcast, he is the man for '80s movies, so I'm sure he'll uh, appreciate that choice. Yeah, that, that's I love Bill Murray in that in that movie. Yeah, it's it is hilarious. Howland, where are right. you going, number two? I'm gonna stay on the heel side uh, of things after I went bigger, and I'm gonna stick with the heel. But to see this guy, you're gonna have to go to ESPN eight, the Ocho. I'm going White Goodman, baby, from Dodgeball. Oh, <laughs> so one Goodman. of mine. <laughs> he has realized that the, the woman in that movie is his actual real life wife. Yes, right? yes. He reads the dictionary to keep his give his mind a good workout too, uh, and then uh, he just finishes it off perfectly with getting all fat again at the end when he loses and doing the little titty bounce. And uh, just White Goodman is just. One quotable line after another. Don't make him bleed his own blood, uh, but he is one of my favorite sports movies. It's got to be the hair cotton. It's feathered perfectly. <laughs> oh my god! All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to the Mighty Ducks, and I'm gonna go with someone who I think is very underrated, very underappreciated. Started out as a bit of a heel and then turned face when put in a tough decision. And his name is Adam Banks. Now, a lot of people in the movie, they want you to think that Charlie Conway is the real Minnesota Miracle Man. And Gordon Bombay, he's the Minnesota Miracle Man when the Ducks won the title. Let me just tell you guys something right now. Adam Banks got them to the finals. I know he got hurt in the, in the final. He got them. They weren't scoring goals until they were, because of a loophole, they got Adam Banks. So I don't think 
that Adam Banks ever gets the credit he fully deserves until the third movie when he's pretty much written out of most of it because he makes the varsity. So then all of a sudden he gets the appreciation. But Adam Banks is a strong character. They almost didn't let him suit up for the Team USA championship against Iceland. Like, this guy is so underappreciated, and I give him respect, and I have his Mighty Ducks hockey jersey. I love your your. Uh, this goes back to your Charlie and Chocolate Factory back when quarantine started. I, I love your 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 deep analysis on fiction. It really, I, I love it. It just. Oh, I, I could have gone for twenty minutes on. on that's that. why we built an entire five five on five segment out of it. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it means a lot. You know, when you see a movie a thousand times, you know, you start, you know, you start like bonding with the characters. I didn't have many friends. So, Matt Sells, you're up. Number three. Uh, my number three is also going to go with Dodgeball. Um, mm. It's Patches O'Houlihan. Yeah. Rip Torn. <laughs> if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Uh, yes, I drink my own urine because it's sterile and I like the taste. I uh, say it all the time. Not I drink my own urine, but it's sterile. You guys get it. Uh, he just, like, that's just a phenomenal... <laughs> And then even the way he goes out, he gets crushed by a freaking sign. It's like luck of the Irish. <laughs> Justin right, Long has yeah, <laughs> Justin oh. Long has a great line. Sorry they don't or sorry, Vince Vaughn had the line. Sorry they don't make the uh, Hallmark card. Your coach just got crushed by two tons of irony. <laughs> yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Patches. R.I.P. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So that's that's my number three is Patches O'Houlihan. <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, I'm going to stick in comedy since that's where apparently I live. And I'm surprised <laughs> I'm surprised he's gotten this far. I'm going Ricky Bobby. Uh, yes. You could go Cal Naughton Jr. Uh, I, I think you could even go with, uh, shoot, Borat's name has escaped me at this point. But I'm going to go. Yes, I'm going to go with the red, white, and blue of Ricky Bobby. Uh, he he fights off the panther. Uh, he gets thrown out of Applebee's, and uh, <laughs> his kids will come at you with like a spider monkey. So uh, he named his kid Walker in Texas Ranger. I mean, what else do you need to know? <laughs> that is true. That is pretty true. It doesn't get more badass than that. Oh, this is this is fun. This has been a good idea. Good job, Hallam. This is a great idea you came up with. I do what I can, bro. Oh, man. All right. I am going to go with. <laughs> All right. Ready for this one? Ready. I'm going to go with Jimmy Dugan from A League of Their Own. I had I had Doris Murphy on my list. Another, you can go a lot of places Doris in that. Doris Murphy. <laughs> You could just name the you could just name the guy that says Marla, Marla. Oh, Nelson. What a hitter! Oh, how about Marla Hooch? What a hitter! I'm singing for Nelson. Oh, oh man, I just I, uh, he's just hilarious. Classic. You know, it's a classic character. He's scratching his sack, you know, in the fifth inning, falling asleep. You know, he's taking long peas. He's making out with the chaperone. You know, it's he's just a complete mess. And honestly, I thought he was a very nice monkey wrench to put into a very serious story that's being told throughout a league of their own. 
Yeah, oh, a little touch of comedy is always is always uh, good. Right. Um, so I'm gonna go with uh, for number four. I'm gonna go with one of my favorite baseball movies of all time, which is Bull Durham, and I'm going with Crash Davis. I'm going with Kevin Costner's uh, character in Bull Durham. Uh, not only does he have some some pretty good lines in the movie, but he also pretty well tells uh, how it actually is to be like a veteran minor league player and and kind of the pains that you go through by missing the show because one ball didn't fall the proper way. And um, so, yeah, I, I really like Crash Davis from from Bull Durham. Solid guy. All right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get out of comedy for one. I'm gonna do it now and get it over with. Uh, this is one of my favorite sports movies of all time, and I have to go for a two for here because I can't pick one uh, out of these two. And I'm gonna go to Remember the Titans. I'm going with Julius Campbell and Gary Bertier uh, as the two uh, linebackers for the football team, uh, bring the team together in racial harmony. Both uh, roles are incredibly strong, acted incredibly well, and play an incredible message. Uh, so Remember the Titans is uh, is one of my favorite sports movies, and those two together are just – the chemistry is fantastic. Uh, both the characters are great, and you could go with Herman Boone, played by Denzel Washington, but those two kids give awesome performances, uh, and they are my number, I think, four we're on. Yes, very solid. That was a rival high school in my high school. What, really? T.C. Williams? T.C. Williams, yeah. Robinson, my high school, played them. They were in our district. Huh. We played them That's in every cool. sport. Yeah, um, they probably got their ass kicked. Yeah, they were not so good by the time uh, we faced them. Their track is also the scene of the grossest track injury I've ever seen in real life. A chick dislocated her kneecap doing the hurdles on their track. Oh, wow. Oh, no, thank you. That's yeah, cool. not, not pleasant. Yeah, not ideal. <laughs> All right. We're going to go visit the Sandlot for my... Oh, oh that's a good one. And it's I forgot about be, the Sandlot. It's going to be... All right, I want to see if you guys can guess. Who do you think my favorite Sandlot character is? God, I'm too old for, to know the character. It can't here. be Smalls, can it? Well, it's not Smalls. That's your guess. You don't have a guess how... All I know is the fat kid, but I don't know his name. That is the fat kid. That's my favorite character. <laughs> Hamilton Porter, the great Hamilton Porter. Look yeah. at how, how you got to go put it's a lottery ticket or two in. You're back that one. with this show. Pull that one right out of my ass. Oh, my God. So funny. You know, obvious, you know, heavy set kid getting picked on. But you would think. But he's the one that's giving all the crap. That's the that's the difference. You know, he's the one that even when the older, the little bit of older kids, I guess the rival Sandlot group that gets to play on the normal field, you know, went to them. And challenge them like it, Hamilton's talking crap to them all the time. Oh, your your sister, you know, she's pretty cute. Will she go out with me sometime? Like, come on, he's amazing. I think honestly, he just like you need that little bit of comedy. He was that comedy X factor of the Sandlot. Yeah, I agree. Yep, completely agree. Yes, um, I'm going to go a little bit um, off the map here. And uh, my number five is Sanka from Cool Runnings. <laughs> no, I never saw that. I never oh saw that. Oh, my God. You've never seen Cool Runnings? Are you serious? No, I never saw Cool Runnings. Oh, saw my cool God. It, yeah, I, I love Sanka. This, <laughs> I, can't, I can't say too much because Hallam's never seen it. 
Well, you're not going to ruin the plot, dude. It's the Jamaican bobsled team. It's not. It's not Citizen Kane. No, but like he's he plays a great like part comedy, kind of, part like pickup, you know, pickup guy who like picks up the you know the team when they're down and whatever. And he also wears every article of clothing he can possibly put on, including his suitcase <laughs> when they arrive in Canada. So, <laughs> yeah, Sanka from Cool Runnings. Uh, I love that guy. Man, I'm I'm running. I have a bunch left, and we're only down to a few. Uh, I'm going to go with Rod Tidwell from Jerry Maguire. Uh, okay. Cuba Gooding Jr., I believe, is an Academy Award winner for that and Show Me the Money and all that. Other. I, I thought that was a, a, a good performance, a, a fun movie. Uh, I thought Rod Tidwell was a pretty damn good sports movie character. Yeah, no, I, I've actually, Jerry Maguire was the first rated R movie I ever saw. Woo! Yes. Jerry Maguire. By the way, the Sanka's Lucky Egg. Yeah. I love that so much. You got a pee, Sanka? Yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> oh, you know, the other best scene is when they put him in the ice cream truck and his dread snaps off. Jeez. <laughs> my God. All right. My number six is going a little off the radar. It's with a popular movie, but off the radar. From Rookie of the Year. Ooh. Do you you guys ever see Rookie of the Year? Yes. There's no, this... but I'm aware of it. Okay. I'm too old for that. Okay. There's this pitching coach named Brickma. Yep. Who I thought yes. was the funniest character ever. Gets himself ever. stuck between two hotel room doors. <laughs> he got himself stuck when he's saying, on the road, we could serve our food. He forgets his lucky seeds. He gets stuck in the dugout. In the in like the locker room area, what what else happens? Oh, the two hot girls by the pinball machine, and him and Henry yep. Rowan Gardner go. And he's like, "Oh, excuse me, ladies," and they're like, "Ooh, just, oh, excuse me," and they start playing pinball. Ooh. So, I think Brickma is hilarious. So underrated movie character in sports. Yes, uh, I'm gonna follow kind of the same same path, and I'm gonna go with a movie that has a bunch of great performances in it, which is Major League. Uh, and I'm going to go with Billy Brubaker, the catcher. Because hmm. he's just eccentric. He's got to think about, uh, like, Victoria's Secret magazine so he can make the throwback to the pitcher the right way and not, like, airmail it. it oh, just... not, not Jake Taylor, the, the no. guy after. Baker, right? Yes. Yeah. Brubaker. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the hick from... the. <laughs> That has the model sizes memorized. Right, and then he the gets pages. like he gets more playing time after Parkman gets dealt, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and he, he runs over Parkman too at the end of the movie. <laughs> Says when the train's coming through, you gotta get off the tracks and run over him. Um so yeah, I love just the uh just he's the quintessential don't think because it ruins your baseball game <laughs> character. So yeah, I, I like I mean, there's plenty of guys you can go with from Major League. I was um, going Pedro Serrano was going to be mine. There you go. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. maybe Chuck Knobloch should have gone to that same school. Maybe he wouldn't have airmailed those throws into what, the what first five rows. What happened to Serrano? Was his, like, back cursed or something like that? He yeah, man. He had, off the bat? Yeah, he had all the voodoo and everything. He was, he yeah. was just the big-ass crazy guy. And then the, uh, the, old, the old guy, he's putting all sorts of crap on his arm so he can continue to pitch. Uh, what does he do? He takes a, he takes a piss in, <laughs> in the, in the, uh, Serrano's locker or whatever. 
And then he gets hit on the head with the with the foul ball pop up. Yeah, I was. You could go Ricky uh, Wild Thing Vaughn. You could go Willie Mays Hayes. You could go a lot of ways with Major League. Yeah, Willie Mays Hayes when he pops the ball up in the batter's box and drops and starts doing push-ups. <laughs> you could also go with the Asian guy, who in the second one is running yeah. his own putt putt. <laughs> man, you know, there's a there's a lot from those movies. Man, the part Roger Dorn. Yes, Dorn. Oh my God. <laughs> All right, All right. Is it you? Uh, I'm up next. I'm gonna go to uh, I'm gonna go to White Men Can't Jump, and I'm gonna go with Woody Harrelson and Billy Hoyle. Uh, could go Sidney Dean there with Wesley Snipes. Uh, you guys might be too young for this movie, but no, I've uh, seen it. <laughs> White Man Can't Jump was a, was a great movie, and Billy Hoyle was uh, a, a really good character. Yeah, before Wesley Snipes got hit with tax evasion charges. Yeah. <laughs> Before he, wow. before he was before he was played. Yeah. We always have to <laughs> add that little dig at the end. All right. You know what I mean? Not lying. <laughs> My number seven is going to be Bobby Boucher. Oh, oh God! How oh, did we God. miss that one? How did I miss would, that? Would you, would you would you like the services of an experienced water boy? Wow. How did we miss that one? All this the, miracle water, the miracle water that brings him back after he gets like flattened into the turf. <laughs> That's right. From the glacier in Alaska. I actually did. Mama. Mama said. Mama said. Mama said. People. Alligators are ornery because they have all those teeth and no toothbrush. Well, and, then he finds out he gets, and then when Mama runs over the her ex-husband, yes. <laughs> everybody <laughs> figures out where he gets it from. Your daddy, Roberto. <laughs> we can be Rob like Schneider Tiger with... Woods and his daddy on the ESPN. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. Thank you for saving us from missing that one, Fancy Jesus. No problem. I got you. <laughs> Vicky Valancourt showed me her boobies, and I like them, too. <laughs> I love that line so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> All right. Well, this is this is also not going to be a comedy one. Um, oh, good. Let's bring the mood down. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Al Pacino from Any Given Sunday. Yeah, that's fine. All right. And I like the, I like the 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 one inch speech. Everyone likes the one-inch speech. <laughs> <laughs> but I like, I like Pacino. From... That's an unfortunate speech you have to have sometimes. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> All right. Do you have to have that. Wait. Do you have to have that one on the first date, or do you wait a little while before you have that speech? Dude, I, just I think tell? the longer I'm, you I'm wait, free. the harder it gets. Oh. Yeah. Why do the lights have to be out? Then it's a two-inch speech if it's after that. Anyway, um, all right, I'm gonna go. I'm going a little off because I think the World Series of Poker is on uh, ESPN and stuff now. So I'm gonna call playing cards a sports movie, and I'm going with Teddy KGB <laughs> from Rounders. <laughs> that, is that and that's too much of a stretch. I have others. No, but. that's well, just. That's Just a fancy modification. Who 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 would who would your backup? Rocky Balboa. 
Let's talk Kenny KGB. Kenny KGB. So, so I feel like you've said this answer on a stream before that you and I have been on. I feel like this isn't the first time Kenny KGB has been brought up. Why do you like him so much? Because he's freaking hilarious. First, he's got the tell where he snaps the Oreos when he's got a really good hand. Then he then he he, he taunts Matt Matt uh, Damon. Oh, I, I give you the money. It's the last time I stick it in you, and he gives him a little thrusting motion. Uh, he's just he's just a badass old man who's just like a really good card player. Has his own little empire. He's got grandma doing his his dirty work. Grandma, and, uh, yeah. He's he's badass. He's Teddy KGB. You don't mess with him. Oh man, good movie rounders. What were some of your other ones, Fancy? Some of my other ones that I had, man, I could go. I mean, I with you with the whole Rube Baker, I had the Rube Baker of Angels in the Outfield in consideration. A pitcher named Whit Bass. Yep. Remember him? He slides when he goes to the mound, and then it's like, oh, we've seen Whit lick dirt, eat bugs, and floss his catcher's teeth in the dugout. So just a really goofy pitcher and stuff like that. And it's that's that's he was definitely on the list. What about you? Anyone else? A, a goofy picture. What are you, 50? No, 70? a goofy picture. Oh, OK. I thought you were calling a movie a picture. No. Like, what the hell? No. How the hell old are you? <laughs> what a, that's a nice program on the TV. Late Let's go night see when a I, flick. We're going to see a after, flick. After I go to Walmart, I'm going to watch a program. Oh. It's the TV guide. Time for my stories. <laughs> All right, Sales, what else you got? Um, I like Cheech Marin's character in um, Tin Cup. I've never seen Tin Cup. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Rick Wolf may not want me working at Fantasy Alarm anymore. I know he's a big was, Tim, Tin Cup guy. It was a pleasure uh, working with you, sir. Yes, it was. Yeah, was yeah. Um, also, you can't, you know, say Caddyshack without Rodney Dangerfield's character. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> Wow, now I feel like an idiot. We're now all getting laid. Jeez, Al Cervic, whatever his name is. Yeah. Now I feel pretty stupid. <laughs> yeah, so that those were those were my backups. Nice. After after Rocky Balboa, I had the Hanson brothers from the eighties uh hockey movie Slapshot. If you haven't seen that, you should go out and see it. It's really funny. And the last one is a, a little off the, uh, a little beaten path. If you haven't seen the movie I, Tanya, which is about Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan uh, saying Margot Robbie plays a fantastic role as Tanya Harding. Uh, it's actually really funny. So you should check out I, Tanya, because it, it's uh, Tanya Harding. She plays a really good character. So those are my two that we didn't get to. Well, guys, it has been a lot of fun, as always, with the two of you. The family is always with you. We've got a lot going on on FantasyAlarm.com, knee-deep into draft season. And you can get all of our content and coverage all over the site. I mean, cells, you know what's going on. You're the mastermind behind the site, it seems like, at least from the tools standpoint. What do we have to offer? Because I know we've got the standard, you could get the living draft guide, for fantasy football for 20 bucks, but there's more than that that we offer. 
Yeah, I mean, we, you know, obviously you get the the draft guide. I have personally updated it from Howard Bender uh, like three times already this week, and I'm sure with the Leonard Fournette news, uh, another update is coming my way uh, (laughs) to do. Uh, The NFL lineup generator is out. It's brand spanking new, a whole boatload of new features in that thing. Uh, If you thought the MLB and NBA and NHL and NASCAR and PGA generators were good, well, there's more features in the NFL one, so... Uh, that comes free when you buy an NFL season package, which you can use the code word DOMINATE for 20% off that package right now. Uh, Saturday from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern, we have a live draft chat happening on our site. So if you have draft questions, there'll be a pop-up chat right on the right on the homepage like we normally do for NFL Sundays. Uh, it'll be staffed with a bunch of people. You can come ask draft questions. If you're drafting at that time, we'll help you make your picks. Um, so we've got that going on. NFL content starts rolling out next week. Hell yeah. Um, as Hallam said, he's got the game previews and those things are like novels. They're phenomenal. Uh, so you should start checking that out. Um, and yeah, just, I mean, MLB continues to roll on. Uh, NBA coverage is still going on. Uh, NASCAR this weekend at Darlington starts the playoffs. Uh, so we'll have a whole full boatload of content from me and Dan Malin on that one, um, including maybe a special guest on the podcast this week. Um, yeah, uh, it's uh, our marketing guy, Edward Rouse, has really gotten into NASCAR this year. And yeah, so... We're going to have him on. He's going to ask a bunch of DFS questions as to how the playoffs change your strategy for DFS. So, uh, yeah, we got a lot. We got a lot. And uh, brand new NFL tools launch on Saturday. Yeah. Newly redesigned, a whole lot smoother looking, run a whole lot smoother. Um, Yeah. So there's a whole lot. (laughs) I don't think you mentioned enough things, Cells, but you know what? I just. (laughs) Seriously, you got a lot going on, and we're always here to help you win. The family is always with you because we always dominate. No other option. We just win.